Welcome back to the Helio Hormones Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Danielle, and this episode is part of my Friday chat series. So I know personally when I'm listening to a podcast, I'm hearing so much great information, but if I'm out walking or driving, which is typically what I'm doing when I'm listening to podcasts, I'm not really able to take it all in or remember it. These Friday chat episodes are meant to be short and sweet. I want you to feel like it's Friday morning. We just grabbed a matcha or coffee, whatever your thing is. The sun is shining and we're on a quick five, 10 minute walk before we start our day. So I'll be focusing on quick topics, answering common questions I get asked. So feel free to send some in over on Instagram and clearing up any misconceptions or confusions about PCOS and fertility. So I'm really excited to be able to connect with you all a little bit more each week. And I hope you find these episodes just as helpful as the longer format episodes that will continue to come out on Tuesdays. So let's get to the episode. Happy Friday and welcome back. Today, I want to go over five signs that maybe your doctor isn't in your PCOS corner. And I want to share this because I think it's so important that whoever you're working with on your healthcare team is fully supporting you, is completely on your side and really wants the best for you and is advocating for you. Because if not, it can be really difficult to be fighting against somebody who isn't seeing eye to eye and doesn't have the same goal as you. So number one, they diagnose you with PCOS without doing an ultrasound or hormone blood test. This is the first red flag. You know, sometimes it's not PCOS. Sometimes it's Hashimoto's. Sometimes it's a prolactinoma. Sometimes it's something called hypothalamic amenorrhea. All these things can impact ovulation in our cycles. The point being your doctor should be able to confirm you have PCOS by doing an ultrasound to look at your ovaries and blood work to look at your testosterone and a hormone called DHEAS. Really, these things are needed to actually meet the criteria to be diagnosed with PCOS. It can't really be diagnosed just on symptoms alone. Doing blood work is also really important for knowing how to approach treatment. So if they aren't taking that into consideration, they are likely treating everyone who walks through their door with PCOS the exact same way, which takes me to my next point. Number two is they only offer you prescription medications. Now, I've been specializing in PCOS for over three years now, and I can confidently and wholeheartedly say I have never seen a patient or worked with a patient who felt better on prescription medication than they did off of medication after they implemented my recommendations in terms of diet, supplement, and lifestyle changes. A hundred percent. Even if you're somebody who's like, no, no, but I've been on metformin for 12 years and I know I need this. If, if they haven't talked to you through nutrition and lifestyle changes, I promise you, you will be able to feel better than what metformin is offering you right now. If your doctor is only offering prescription medications, they are not helping you heal the root cause of your PCOS. They are giving you a Band-Aid to cover up your symptoms, whether that's covering up your irregular cycles, covering up your acne, covering up your sugar cravings. And it's really just prolonging the time until you actually get answers and are able to feel like yourself again and allow your body to function on its own. Number three, they tell you to just lose weight. Anyone who knows anything about PCOS knows weight loss with PCOS is not easy. It's not about calories in or calories out. It's not about going to the gym more or weighing your food or counting your calories. 
And, you know, understanding that weight loss is not the only thing that is going to make you feel better with PCOS is important too. Because what happens when you finally do achieve weight loss with PCOS, but you're still having acne and you're still having hair loss and you're still not sleeping well? You know, you're not, that's not the end all be all. Your weight did not cause your PCOS. Your PCOS caused the weight gain. And we have to look at what is really behind the PCOS and address that. And a lot of times, yes, weight loss does follow as a result. As you're improving your blood sugar, as you're improving inflammation, that is a consequence of just improving your overall health often, but not always. But it should not be the focus. And it's never the focus with my patients. You can ask any of them. I very, very rarely ask them if they've lost weight. Occasionally I do only because I know it's a really big goal for them and I want them to feel supported and like I see them and we're working towards the same goal. But at the end of the day, my goal is, you know, do they have good energy? Are they sleeping well? Are they ovulating? Do they have clear skin? Do they have, you know, are they have clear mental focus? Do they have good mood? And if all of those things are in the right place, their weight is usually going to be as well. Now, number four, they aren't helping you be proactive about your fertility. If your doctor says, well, just take the pill, come back to me when you want to get pregnant, this is another red flag. And if you are somebody who had PCOS diagnosed as a teenager or in your early 20s, you probably heard something along the lines of this. This is honestly really how I got started focusing in PCOS. I was just naturally seeing so many women coming into my practice in their early to mid 30s who had been told just that, come back when you want to get pregnant. And now they are and they're like, oh, wait a second. It's not as easy as I thought it was going to be. You know, it's it's not just about coming off the pill and then taking Clomid or taking Letrozole. It's actually a lot more complicated. If you have PCOS and, you know, you're on your fertility journey, you know it doesn't necessarily happen overnight. And I really hate when doctors take this approach because it sets you up for so much frustration and heartbreak when you are ready to grow your family rather than taking action now, whether that's a year before you want to try to get pregnant, maybe that's five years, even 10 years, you know, take action now so your body is in a position to get pregnant on your own time. Also, if you're not in the position where you can get pregnant, you're probably not feeling good in other aspects of your health. So don't you want to feel your absolute best even before you do get pregnant? I think that's really important. And then finally, they tell you to try to get pregnant for a year. And then if not, they'll send you for IVF. The 180 from just keep trying to, okay, now it's time for an extremely invasive and expensive procedure is pretty wild. You know, there is so much you can do to improve your fertility between trying and IVF. I've worked with many women who were either told IVF was their only option or they tried IVF multiple times and it failed. Yet when they were given the right education and knew exactly what steps they needed to take that were specific to their PCOS, they were able to get pregnant naturally. So it absolutely is possible. And if your doctor is going from one extreme to the other but hasn't you know, talk to you about your nutrition, done really in-depth, comprehensive hormone testing, looked at your nutrient levels, considered, you know, are you exercising right for your hormones, talk to you about cycle tracking, all of these things, then they're really missing a huge gap of fertility support. And with IVF especially, you know, it's more likely to be successful if you have put these steps into place beforehand. So even my patients who come to me who 
you know, maybe they're a little skeptical. Maybe they think like, you know, I'll, I'll do what you say for a month or two, but then I'm definitely going to need IVF. You know, I always tell them at the very least, even us working together is going to increases, increase your chances of IVF being successful. My goal is that you don't need IVF and typically they do not need IVF. But even if you decide you only want to do this for a month or two, and then you really want to do IVF, at least what you've done leading up to that is going to increase IVF chances of being successful. So I think it's really important too. So if you're listening to this and you're thinking, yep, I've seen or heard it all and you're really frustrated and you're feeling hopeless that you will always feel the way you do, just know you haven't been in the right hands. You haven't had the support system you need to be successful, but it absolutely is possible. So that is all I have for you today. I hope that was helpful. I hope that maybe gives some inspiration to people who feel like they have, you know, their back up against the wall and they don't really know who else to turn to. There are other healthcare providers out there who will take a different approach like myself. So if you feel like you are not being seen or heard by your current doctor, then I encourage you to look elsewhere. All right. Have a great weekend and I will see you on Tuesday.